0: on the table a podcast about board games card games and tabletop war games
1: uh what's going on
0: oh man josh I, i'm glad you're here i went into the house of the undying i mean the song of ice and Power discord and there were i i can't explain it the, the things i saw oh slow down slow down what wait hang on are we in an abandoned building we're, we're in the house of the undying josh there's there's no time to explain i'm just i'm just glad that you're here with me Chase from On the Table Gaming in episode 74 of the On the Table Gaming podcast. Uh, I I think we're not alone. Shh, listen. Those flip-flops? It can only be one of two things, Josh. Either a warlock from the House of the Undying or Fabio Curry, the lead developer for a Song of the Miniatures game. Uh, And hopefully he's alone. Hey guys, um, what are you doing in my house? Oh, hey Fabio. I got scared for a second. I thought you weren't alone. Oh, he's not. Oh God, it's my it's Michael Chanel, the lead game designer for *A Song of Ice and Fire* the miniatures game. So, uh, is this a bad time to ask you guys uh, where are my dragons?
2: Seriously, guys.
0: I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Thanks for coming on the podcast. All right, with all that stuff out of the way, we're really excited for sort of this next wave of things coming out. Now, you guys have been sort of trickling out online some of the cards in the House Targaryen. Hero Box One, and it looks amazing. So we're hoping we go through and talk about some of those cards, and also maybe some of the design process, and uh, you know, kind of where where Targaryens are headed.
1: Well, absolutely. One of the things we're really excited about is we we had the starter set, which was mostly uh, focused on you know cavalry and sort of like lightly armored, fast moving troops. But now we're seeing that identity for the faction evolving. Um, and becoming something else with the you know, forthcoming uh, Unsullied and some of the attachments that we've seen. Uh, can you guys talk about that at all, like what we can expect um, in the future?
3: So the Targaryens are going to see a lot of unexpected uh, just kind of features coming along that army. It's going to be a very unique play style compared to any others. And I know I say that with pretty much every army, but it's been true so far. But you're going to see kind of something along the lines of like the Free Folk level of Uh, differences between the standard westerosi army and what the targaryens offer because you know daenerys's forces are just this giant hodgepodge of followers and different mercenary groups and just everyone that she could get behind her you know not even just talking about the dothraki hordes but her own dragons but the city of marine and you know everything beyond that so you're going to see a lot of unique stuff it's kind of hard to identify their solid play style, because they've got a different lot of options with them. But the general focus of the faction being, you know, the hard-hitting, just kind of alpha strike, that is one of their primary tenets, but I don't actually want to say that's like their main thing, because uh, they do have a lot of variety to them. But if I had to say one thing, it would just be a lot of unique styles kind of mixed together. Each of their units is going to be very... I keep saying unique. I need to find a nice, this <laughs> one. Uh, but it's going to be like individually powerful units that all do these uh, individual things. So your army is not necessarily going to be cohesive in its tactics, but more confined like this unit does this thing really well. Uh, this other unit does this unique, cool like thing, but maybe it doesn't synergize with anything except itself. So you're going to see a lot of play styles like that, and you can mix them together to like create like a full unsullied army, for example. You know, if you want like a tank army, or the whole Dothraki, you know, cavalry horde. You're going to see a lot of those style things where you can have these individually powerful pieces, but you could also, you know, choose the specific blocks that go together to form this cohesive style army.
0: It's so exciting when you get your hero box and like, you know. We're just as guilty, maybe as everybody else. And you're like, oh, like the 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 starter set does this, and so this faction must be all about this. And then like the hero box comes out, and you're like, oh, like actually, the faction can do many things, and maybe even what you like assumed it did in the very beginning, like that's not even the main element. I don't know. That's it's we're in that kind of magical era here as we're finding out more stuff and the the factions growing. And you guys spoil Grey Worm Commander on Facebook. And before we actually talk about him, how do you guys, how do you guys divide these up? Do you get to like pick favorites here? And you're like, oh man, like, you know, uh, I I get Samaritan, the bold and like everybody else gets like the leftovers. And how do you guys like figure out who's going to reveal what on Facebook? Is there like some, you know, rocks, paper, scissors, shoot game going on?
2: Okay. So some, I'll I'll be very honest. Some of them I'm (laughs) quite, a fan of and then i'll ask michael like oh can i be the one but usually we just uh take turns or whenever uh, uh it whenever it it fits the whims of michael
0: it's, i'm thinking too much into it these are the hard-hitting questions the community wants to know by the way <laughs> so glad to get that one in there
2: yeah like i'd say jack and hagar is one that i specifically wanted to do for example
0: oh that's so cool <laughs>
3: You yeah, know, Embarrassing is one that I wanted to do, but really like sometimes when it's deciding spoilers, it's almost like the randomized wheel of like, okay, we're going to put the spoiler today. What's it going to be? Uh, <laughs> sure, Grey Worm, why not? Let's do that.
0: So, I, you know, I went back actually, because, uh, you know, that's, that's what I do. I went back and I looked at the Mon Expo 2019 footage in which you were first introducing the House Targaryen forces, and you were dropping like little hints and I was trying to see, like, oh, how do those, like, things line up with now? And you had talked about and Selby being kind of one of your favorite characters in the books. Is that does that kind of still hold true?
3: Yeah, he is. I mean, something I have come to realize about myself, and I don't know, I'm not a psychologist or... Uh, a priest so i couldn't answer these questions for you but i've found that in my time like uh with a song of ice and fire that for some reason i'm drawn toward like the old grizzled kind of <laughs> bastard stereotype like yep. clint eastwood and Dr- *Gran torino was one of my favorite movies and <laughs> roles and then you have jorah mormont who's one of my favorite characters and and selmy who's one of my favorite characters and there's this pattern that seems to keep emerging in this in this situation
0: and they're written so well i mean i mean also one of my favorite characters. And it's so exciting to finally have him be like on the horizon for being actually in the game. And it's, you know, we'll get to him a little bit, but actually in the Simon panel, there was actually talk about uh, Eric Lang was sort of joking that when he had saw it, he's like, Oh, he was teasing you about whether or not the character was going to be OP in the game. Cause you liked it. One of those, like, you know, employee teasing each other things. And uh, I don't know. I don't think he came out OP, although he is very good. He's clearly very uh gonna be very useful in this forest
3: funny enough there's more of a concern about the opposite uh happening than making them op because usually you tend to overcompensate because you know they're your favorite character so or you know a character that you like so you tend to be a little more skittish about like okay am i making this guy too powerful because i really like him so (laughs) you tend to be more reserved i think fabio can actually talk about that bit more because um with some of his uh his characters because he likes all the bad ones like uh like a Stannis Baratheon and all that.
0: Hey, Fabio, is this true? This is... Um, yeah, he likes bad the, characters. Oh,
2: no. I'm on the Stannis camp, yeah, for sure. And uh, honestly, I've, I don't think I've overcompensated because... Uh, but it does happen, right? Because you're very worried. And then, so I guess you spend a little bit extra time on them, on the ones that you like and you try to make them just the like exactly the way you you thought they they're supposed to be obviously this is not like this is a collaborative work right. and everyone has fingers on everything and also the numbers always speak louder right so um of course if someone if something does feel like it's uh, a little under par or over par we always do adjust that but it does happen like in subtle little things you know like but sometimes you you use a unit with eight attack dice, and you're like, okay, this is working. But let's make it seven just to be safe, right? I'd yeah. um, I'd rather release something that is not making it like gravitate the whole game around it, right?
0: And I think you know. Also, it's been said many times on here. And I think you guys have been really good at pointing it out. Like you know, you you guys design it, you develop it, and then you you play test it and you polish it up. And it's not like it just goes you know straight from your mind out into the game like there's a lot of actual like additional work that gets done
3: it's really weird that you know yes work is actually (laughs) done on these
0: things (laughs) hey you know i don't know i think it's i think it's weird for some people because they play the game and it's a game and it's fun and they forget that you know it's not just you and your buddies sitting around being like hey what if it's actually like yeah what if and then like Let's run this through all the scenarios to see if it works.
3: you know, we just got to call up George on speed dial. Like, listen, we got a brilliant idea here for something we're going (laughs) to do. You're going to love it. (laughs) Just imagine, like, any Wolf of Wall Street or, like, 80s-style conversation. And that's, you know, that's basically, you know, how it is. You know, we got the old, you know, you know, germ on speed dial there, you know.
0: (laughs) Uh, So you guys have revealed Grey Worm, the Unsullied Commander on Facebook. And Grey Worm has this ability, Boldness and Courage. When this unit makes a melee attack, it is always treated as having one additional rank. If it already has full ranks, it rolls plus two attack dice. And then he's got his Tactics cards, Devastating Impact, uh, which you guys showcase there, along with Refuse to Yield, which I think is a Brendan Tully card. And um, yep, the Blackfish. The Blackfish and Forced March. Of course, I'm used to that being on uh, Harma, uh, so you can get your extra movement and then cut on a Weakened token. Uh, so this guy is, you know, distinctly a infantry commander, and it's going to be really interesting because we only have one infantry unit coming out. So this this unsullied uh, swordsmasters. Uh, so I guess it makes sense to kind of put him there as an infantry. That's a, that's his home. When you had a army that is currently entirely cavalry, um, was there any concerns that you guys have in how you roll out, you know, your infantry commander, like the unit selection process, like. Um when you guys release your faction, do you have a certain way you want units to come out for them? So there is actually um
3: it's a little more complicated than that. So when we design factions, we usually um design most of the initial units uh in one lot and by initial units we're talking about the first like ten or so boxes because you you know you don't design just a starter box and that's it. You have to see how everything, including heroes and everything, is gonna interact. So, you know, it's not like, you know, things are made it's like oh we make one unit and that's the faction and then we make another unit right so you know we have the entire faction is pretty much well developed before uh you know anything is actually ever released during this time though in that same process Uh, things are being sculpted art is being done and those things are all variables on you know uh, where they're going to end up being finished where they're going to end up in the approvals process so while we have like you know our dreamscape of like these are the things we want to see released and this is the order we want to see them in uh other matters of you know production and graphics and things like that you know all come into a you know come into the equation that's actually something you know, as to why we're moving to a quarterly releases uh starting with the gray joys is that it gives us a little bit more control over how things are released so you know the gray joys will be the first faction that is released with their um the starter box the hero box and two or three additional unit boxes right upon release so you're going to have you know instead of just having your starter box for a couple months and then another box and then a hero box you're going to have you know a bunch of options available right as soon as the faction comes out
0: I think that's going to be phenomenal too.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's one of the things that I think everyone wishes for is like they have like a you know like that full look at the the faction up front, and I think that's going to be awesome when you guys uh, start with that.
0: Although I think by now too, though, we have a, we have a little bit of padding in here with the neutral forces that make mm-hmm. a lot of new armies much more viable. But I guess that's going to be an exponential factor now with this new with the new release schedule.
1: So, should we talk about uh, Loss? Let's let's do it. All right, so, this was guy. This is actually one of my favorite characters from the from the book. So, Bellas is a two point attachment. <laughs> so, his ability, to Battle Scars. When this unit is attacked after the attack has been completed, place one order token on this card. This unit gains bonuses based on the or order tokens. So, two plus, if so it's been attacked two times, uh, the unit's melee attacks gain vicious. Uh, three plus, the melee attacks gain sundering. And four plus, this unit's melee attacks always roll 10 attack dice and cannot be affected by weakened tokens. So, if you manage to get attacked four times and survive, uh, you got a pretty huge bonus because those do stack. If my OP raiders don't kill them, (laughs) then they're going to be crushing me.
0: OP in quotes there. Sarcasm quotes. Yes. Uh, Really interesting to see abilities that are kind of token based and they they build not off of like a faith token per se, but off of uh, just like straight up being attacked. Do you, is this something that we might expect to see as like a common Targaryen thing? Or is this just like a mechanic that just exists in the game mechanics that we're kind of seeing more now for the first time, that it would just, it's just another way that units can
2: interact? Um, I think this is just another mechanic, and it hasn't been heavily explored. And we can uh, open paths by exploring this mechanic but I think it's pretty intuitive. We're used to placing order tokens on cards already and removing them for effect. So placing them is just going the other way around. I guess it, it's pretty simple and straightforward. And there's no re- reason why we can't try that yet. And I will also say that uh, the Belwas, we still haven't seen the unit that he um, excels at.
0: You mean uh, it's not the one unit available for inventory? Ah, oh, interesting. Confirmed, guys. You heard it here. There will be future Targaryen infantry units besides the Swordmasters. So I
3: I gotta say, uh, Chase, you've triggered me several times and I've been letting you go, but I'm gonna call you on it now. And this is just a general thing, because I, I understand that people like faction purity and all that, but You got a whole host of neutrals to factor into your army.
0: All right, actually. That's what I get for uh, playing free folk too long. It
3: triggers me when people just ignore those as existing. And okay, I get it. There's some people that they don't want to play neutrals. They want to play their full, like, just pure army. And they do it for either their own gameplay reasons or for their own uh, fluff and narrative reasons. But mechanically, you're ignoring a huge section of your army and the tools available to you. Uh, if you're not factoring in neutrals,
0: blackguards would be interesting with uh, a a loss in them. See, there
3: you go. You've you know, there's a nice little combo for you there. Which you know, right now your option would be unsullied swordmasters if you don't factor in the uh, half dozen or so infantry options you have available in neutrals.
0: So that is definitely true. I have definitely in my mind, in my head, can, as we're talking about it, my head is thinking of not of our our uh, traditional Westeros mercenaries although we even have within the mercenary facts now House Bolton we also have the uh, the Mummers we've also got the uh, stormcrows so there actually is a whole host of elements there and then for uh bears and Selmy one of the coolest characters in the books uh I'm in agreeing with you, Michael here um, you were very persuasive before about your talk about your views on Stannis but here you didn't need to even convince me uh I'm on I'm on that same page Bears and Selmy advisor to the dragon Uh, so wisdom of the old knight he's an influence effect and while influencing a unit when that unit is targeted by an enemy ability or tactics card you may remove this card from that unit to cancel the effect of that ability or that's tactic that tactics card man that's great now it's coming in at uh i think it's four points so it's it's pricey but when you're feeling those big unsullied units or other units um a little more expensive giving that extra protection that that's definitely comes in handy, and it seems like in the hero box, and maybe I'm making an overgeneralization here, but it seems like we start to see some NCU's that are a little bit more defensive in nature, where it feels like a lot of the, the the base starter set is about you know your extra activations are like basically like helping to kill things, where now we're starting to see a little bit more of like, don't let me be killed. Um, is that another sort of like? split, or another sub-theme of this faction that we're going to see develop. Well, as
3: stated, um, the ind- you have a bunch of individual kind of tools with the Targaryens that is not necessarily going to be like an overarching faction theme. Like, I can't sit there and go like, oh, these guys have a bunch of... you know. I For the Lannisters, you have control aspects, you've got defensive aspects, you have a couple offensive ones thrown in, but primarily Lannisters are all about control and manipulation. Starks are all about... You know the charge and mobility and having effects that trigger when they're reduced down to their ranks. Night Watch are very elite units. You don't have anything that's like a clear, oh, this is what Targaryens do. Oh, it's really going man. to be much more of a unit for unit basis and a NCU to NCU to attachment basis. Like Belwis, that's not a play style like the Targaryens have is like token generation. That's right. something Belwis does uh, with um and Selmy. Yes, he's got his defensive means. Of you know what he can do with his uh with his influence effect that's not a faction theme that's just something he does um Zario Zanzala Zab, Zab whatever uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's you know. exactly how I pronounce it. <laughs> yeah he has his defensive he's a defensive NCU again not a faction theme that's just something he does really well
0: man so I'm I've definitely felt like the lure of Targaryens here and maybe that explains it after playing Free Folk and I'm like. Targaryens seem really cool too. That'd be like my other faction, maybe. And now I'm hearing you explain that like the basic concepts are somewhat, in a way, similar to the Free Folk being kind of like a hodgepodge of things. Maybe I just secretly like those sorts of armies. <laughs> well, so even with Free Folk, you have, <laughs> um,
3: for now, uh, you have you know a horde mentality where you're going to want to you know run a lot of you know you're going to want to run a lot of guys. That's mm-hmm. still a faction theme. The Targaryens, yeah, you have a bunch of offensive cards in their Baseline Tactics deck that benefit you from charging, but thats I don't even consider that a theme because, okay, every faction likes to charge if it has the option. That's fair. It was actually one of the design things uh, when we were doing the, uh, the Targaryens, and Fabio can attest to this more, is that if you look in their Baseline Tactics deck, they only have synergies with one zone, and that's the the Mobility and Maneuver zone. hmm um, most of their other commanders or characters, they play. They they. That's where your secondary zone kind of affiliation is coming from. Mm-hmm. So if you're running like Dario Nahares and everything from the neutrals faction, you can synergize well into you know the wealth zone. Um, if you're running some of the other commanders, they will have a focus on different areas, you know, crown, uh, tactics, you know, whatever it may be. But that's again pushing into that direction that your individual commander and individual units are going to be shaping how that army functions. It's not going to be necessarily as cohesive as the other armies that you'd see in like Westeros or whatnot.
0: Man, this is really cool. And I'm kind of slowly, we're slowly working our way up to some of the really crazy stuff here, but we also have a Zaro, Zoan, Daxos, (laughs) merchant print of merchant prince of Quarth. So he's got wealth of the 13. It's an influence effect. And another one of those kind of more defensive, uh, but it's when influencing a unit, each time that unit is attacked, automatically block block one hit. If you control the wealth zone, automatically block D3 hits. So Mr. Moneybags here, maybe you can help your your Bellwass unit stay alive for a bit. And we don't know the cost on him, but that's going to be a a pretty useful defensive NCU.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's sort of like the uh, shield wall ability for Tully's, but there's no you know, restriction on which angle you have to be attacked from. So it seems like it's going to be pretty good.
2: Yeah, it is zone dependent, but still at least it's not in order, so it's not limited. Um, it, it does have its, its advantages, yes, of course.
0: And so then you might maybe take him with some of your Storm Crows or some other neutrals that might want to build off the well zone.
2: Yeah, and honestly, uh, I'd say there's now with the Hero Box there's a lot of um, synergy with um, more infantry and that means that you can have a core infantry surrounded by outriders for example and that starts opening up new options for oh. the Targaryens as a whole. Yeah
0: going through a few more of these more quickly to get to the the big boy that I really want to talk about here uh, Jor Mormont the Andal and Jor Mormont the Penitent Betrayer uh, both of these are attachments. But on the card, it looks like they might be uh, cavalry attachment.
3: So unfortunately, uh, that is an issue that actually fell through uh, on proofing there. Um, uh, on the reverse side of the card, they are correctly listed as infantry attachments. And obviously, these guys are infantry attachments, namely by the lack of mounts and them being on 30 millimeter bases. So that's unfortunately a typo on there that we will have uh, eroded when these guys get their official uh, release date.
0: Okay, so those are definitely infantry attachments then. And so the Andal, he has an order, stubborn tenacity when this unit passes a morale test. One enemy engaged with this unit suffers D3 wounds, and then the other one has the bodyguard attachment. If another attachment in this unit would be destroyed, instead you may place that attachment in a friendly combat unit of its type within long range, ignoring the usual attachment restrictions. It's a really interesting mechanic. I mean, it makes sense to be advisor to someone like Daenerys Targaryen. Makes one maybe speculate. Maybe we'll see some some other uh, you know targets like that as a battlefield attachment. Hmm. Potentially. Potentially. Oh, okay. I don't know how we can read it. that. Someone's gonna have to run uh, the on that reflection. Was there any? Hmm
1: michael's got a pretty good poker
0: face so that's the problem here (laughs) all right
1: so well let's see what else we got uh so we got barris and selmy barris in the bold order indomitable uh when this unit passes morale tests unit may restore up to d3 wounds and then nightly vow before deployment select one enemy unit until the end of the game this unit's melee attacks gain plus one to hit and roll plus two dice against that enemy so that's sort of the same mechanic as uh the original brienne right um that's sort of targeting a specific unit it's the same effect yes that's a, that's a really cool, I mean, I think, I think it fits for him really well, uh, and that morale test, I think that's going to be another, uh, depending on the morale of the unit, that could, be a, that could definitely add up over, over the course of it. I,
0: I like a lot of those like, healing effects here. I think that's what, I've been slowly being like, hearing the sirens call of Renly and the Baratheon forces. Um, anytime I can get something that's going to help me restore a few wounds, that's always a plus in my book.
1: It's, it's one of those things where it's, like, so annoying to play against when you almost killed something and then it comes back alive that you just, you know, it, there's just, like, morale advantage of of playing that. Uh, but then we got Grey Worm. Uh, order, Martial Training. When this unit makes a melee attack, after attack dice are rolled, the defender becomes vulnerable, and then he's got Combat Master. This unit may always reroll its melee attack dice and may never become weakened
0: that's an interesting one too, especially considering the Unsullied already. The Swordmasters already don't take condition tokens, so maybe he can help lead uh, other forces in the battle as effectively.
1: I guess you'd probably put him in a unit of Unsullied, right, as opposed to a Swordmaster, so because he would give them the reroll. If Unsullied started-
0: are the Swordmasters. Yeah. Right. You wouldn't want to put him in the Unsullied, right? Because it's. Yeah. You
1: can reroll when engaged.
3: I mean, in the Swordmasters, you're going to be losing out the benefit of Campy be Weekend, and you're going to be rerolling your two pluses. Um, but the thing is, you do have. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right. <laughs> hey, two pluses miss. I, I I've rolled a lot of actually, Jess. Yes, yeah, you're, you're <laughs> sorry. I think my official Song of Ice and Fire guys are weighted. I've definitely
0: it. had like one rank raiders that are like, we're just never going anywhere. We're sticking around. <laughs> Yeah, so he, it looks like he's going to help spread the love a little bit, get your other units a little bit better, give them a little bit of that Unsullied resolve, you know?
2: Yeah, and that opens space for you to uh, place other attachments in your Unsullieds if you want.
0: Yeah, that's the that's the hard part, honestly. I mean, so I've what I've realized is that playing Free Folk has taught me a lot of really bad habits where I'm like, three-point unit, yay! And then like, oh, look at this amazing attachment for one point. And then I'm looking at like another am Like this is a nine-point unit. I'm just like, do you know how many raiders that is? That's like <laughs> a month. That's a month of painting to feel that unit. You know? uh, so it's been really hard, you know, picking what's going to go in my unsullied uh, sword masters.
2: Yeah, I think that the thing is, whatever you place on them, you just turn them up to eleven, and and they in really points
0: or in, <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs>
2: In both, yeah,
0: I guess. <laughs> was that delivered? Is there like a this is Spinal Tap uh, <laughs> connection with the Unsullied? <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it does definitely turn them up to eleven. All right, now the craziest thing. All right, and this is what's like just I literally could hear like people's heads exploding when this was was revealed. Um, Pyat Pri, the the Warlock of Kor- Karth, I'll say it right this time. Um, House of the Undying, place the House of Undying tactics zone next to the tactics boards. So you're adding a new zone to the board. A new zone. Uh, it acts as an additional tactic zone for all purposes. If uh, Pyatt claims that zone, you may add plus one to the die roll for its effect. So you're going to roll on a chart on this zone. And the crazy thing is that this isn't it like a replace effect. This is an entirely new zone. What? And so the zone, if you claim it, anybody can claim the zone. And if you do, you roll a d6. On a one, uh, your opponent discards their hand of tactics cards and then may place up to two condition tokens on one of your combat units. So they lose their hand in exchange for getting to put out two condition tokens on your units, meaning that if you have like Unsullied, you can be like, eh, yeah, I don't really care. At two through five, your opponent discards the top two cards of their tactics decks just right to discard file adios and then on a six search your tactics deck for one tactics card and place it in your hand and shuffle your deck you must then roll again what this is so mind-boggling like you basically like hear the rules of the game and you're like forget the rules we're bringing a whole new game this is amazing
1: the first thing i thought of here was the you know the european meta is so obsessed with um you know the the three ncus so this opens it up so those mirror matches where it's three ncus on three ncus there are actually going to be enough spots for (laughs) for
0: does this mean you could do four ncus could you do i don't know As a limit chase just crazy i man now was this something like a mechanic that you always knew you wanted to do that you're gonna always expand the tactics board?
3: Now, come on, if we said something like that, that would be hardcore spoilers. We can't show our entire hands.
0: oh wait what oh, interesting uh man, I don't know you guys just the way so basically it's like I think you basically like, it gotta be like every few months something comes out where I'm just like this is so crazy. It like adds like a whole new dimension. I keep, you guys keep one upping yourself. And, um, I don't know, this is just going to be so interesting because you know, the, the five zones on the tactics board, that is such a, it's been such a constant since the game's been out. And now to have that just being able to shift, like, I don't even know, like what, how does that influence the game? Like, I mean, I can theory craft here, but it's, it just seems like it throws everything I know out the window with this new variable. Uh, and it's going to be fascinating to like unpack.
1: I'm sure you guys can't answer the question, but are there tactics cards that benefit from having control of house of the undying?
2: Won't answer. (laughs) The the last guy who
0: asked that ended up in the house of the actual dying. he, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know, but it seems like you could have, like, unlimited possibilities.
1: Jeez. I, I think it's really cool, and I do like that when you roll a six, you do roll again, too. So you can potentially, you know, tutor for a, a any card in your deck, and then also have them discard their whole hand, <laughs> or or, or mill two. That's pretty, that's pretty good.
2: And if you use Mr. Pre, then you actually do that on a five plus, so...
0: Is that how he's referred to? Mr. Pre? Is that the official uh, terminology? (laughs) (laughs) Professor Pre or something? It's a Mr. Hey, Mr. Um, Yeah,
3: sure. Big Daddy
0: Pre, you know, whatever. (laughs) In the house of the dying. I mean, he does come with his own tactics zone. So I guess he gets to be called like whatever he wants. That
3: makes sense. It's his house.
0: Oh, it's his house. Yeah, it's my house. Oh, my gosh. This is uh, you guys have just opened up the doors to all sorts of things, especially from like our more creative Community members that love to make their own fan-made stuff for the game—we're going to be seeing, you know, zones for everything, you know, uh, you know, Castle Rock or this or that, or you know, your mama's house, or just going to be, <laughs> you know, whatever that cape from some season in the show or something. You're like, okay, but just—I just—I'm. This is something I'm really excited to play into, to play with, just to see, you know, really how it it shifts things up. Because I mean, all the other zones are still going to be so valuable. But at The same, and this is like such a gamble, such a risk. Um, but at the same time, I don't want my opponent to take it. Yes, so one of the things we're seeing a bit more maybe it's maybe it's just the way the, the last two releases were. Um, I'm trying to think of what's his name now. It is, is it Andrew Esthermont, I think. So, uh, the way the releases have been, um, and I think maybe just because of the way the last release came out, Andrew Esthermont, these ideas of being able to you know add in more car, more mechanics that like. You know, deal with cards in in uh, drawing cards or discarding cards, especially that seems to be coming like a larger part of the game. Is that just kind of the way these releases are coming, and it was always part of the the baked in kit of a Song of Ice and Fire, or is that something that maybe is being leaned into
2: a little bit more um, deliberately? Um, so I guess we can go back to what Michael said before that we usually do. Approximately the first ten boxes um, when we initially design a faction, so you can like kind of, sort of count still and see that uh, this was all initially planned. Gotcha.
0: It's so interesting, um, especially the way, the way the meta like ebbs and flows, and you know some Night's Watch players like really are like go doubling down and like get all the cards in my hand sort of game and to see now these kind of other ways to make that a little more risky and to um have some threats to that is is really fascinating.
3: You know, it's it's there's always going to be tools that counter things. Um and it's just you know as time goes on you're going to see more releases and more things that just kind of work in that area. Uh, you know, it's one of those like uh, there's so many different uh elements that can be you know done from a design standpoint you know it always it's it's one of those weird things i don't know i'm going to say weird but it's one of those uh topics whenever we do something or you release something people seem and you even actually mentioned this earlier in the episode here chase uh when new things come out you know you ask is this going to be incorporated into like core mechanics of the game or is this going to be uh, right. <laughs> a one time thing or a faction thing that concept always kind of I, not that it doesn't sit right with me, but it's always so strange to me that people put themselves in that limited mindset of thinking that something will only appear as a one of or if it if it does a it's never going to do b and never going to do c, whereas you know you never know when things are going to show up you know uh I know some people they go, Oh, you know you guys are repeating tactics cards or abilities or whatnot and you know, yes when it's appropriate, because you don't want to have just every single thing in the game be fully unique. Not that that's a bad design standpoint. You know, that's just a choice that some games do, that they want every single power on every single guy to be fully unique. But I, that's going to end up just being really bloated over time. If you've got something that exists and works, and it's thematic, um, and mechanically, you know, it fits what you're trying to do, then you don't need to make something new.
2: Honestly, We take a flavor into consideration a lot. And so when we repeat abilities, we really want to uh, show resemblances between characters as well, right? This is a pretty, um, we take a lot of time to make these decisions. It's not like out of the blue, let me see, sudden charge goes to this guy. No, like (laughs) you don't roulette them.
0: (laughs) Is there, uh, out of the heroes we discussed here, Is there one that if you were going to like, I know you guys are always like working on the next thing and that when stuff comes out, like you're already, it's already been like worked on and it's so far in the past. Um, but is there anything here that you would like stop and be like, you know what? Like, I think we kind of deserve a pat on the back for like how well a job we did with X, or is there a particular character or uh, attachment or unit in this, in this box that you feel kind of really proud of?
3: If you're talking about Targaryen specifically, um, I actually, the first one that comes to my mind would be, uh, actually Bellus. Just the representation of you know taking how he functions as a character in the books, you know, like oh he's got his battle scars and he always lets his opponent get the first cut and everything. Taking that and just incorporating that into his effects. Yeah, yeah that's the first one that came to my mind.
0: Yeah, you nailed it with that. Like that is like a hundred percent the fluff and mechanics together there. Agreed. How about you, Fabio? Similar answer, or or is there a particular character in the Targaryen hero box that you're like, man, yeah, like I feel like we really we really captured the the element, um, or you're proud? I
2: do like I do like Grey Worm, but I think I really enjoy Barristan Selmi, Selmy, but just a different version of him, which is soon to to be.
0: What? Uh, we're getting more teasers here. After all. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, we're not done feasting. And you're already, uh, I see how it is. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, yeah, I think this is going to be a, a big game changer. I know people are so excited. Um, And, the, you know, the funny thing is, it's like, it's always, you know, dragons, dragons, dragons. Um, I I was not expecting this house on the undying card. That is such a cool curveball. I'm sure dragons will also blow me away. But this is Something I just like, couldn't have even fathomed. Like, it's one of those things you didn't know you wanted. And now that it's in the game, you're like, oh,
1: this is going to be really cool. <laughs> well, I think it's just whenever there's like a, you know, when it pushes the outside envelope of the game, right? That's always super interesting. It's like possibilities shift. And you start thinking about, well, what else could happen? So I think it's, uh, it's awesome to see. <clears throat>
0: I think maybe speaking to that point you made earlier, Michael, it's like a lot of times people can kind of confine, confine their, their view to like this narrow box. But I think in a lot of ways, like, you know, you sit down and you're like, here are the, the rules of the game. And you assume that like, there's certain parameters, certain boundaries that everything's going to operate within. And the danger is that if you leave those rules, if you go outside the box that it might like imbalance or break the game. Like that's why the rules are there. And yet when you guys are doing it, like you're showing that, hey, look, like, you know, yes, we're going outside the rules because the rules are way bigger and it still works and it's still balanced. Like, that's kind of the the crazy thing, um, you know, and I'm, I'm looking forward to having my, my mind uh, blown, you know, in the future as well. I feel like you guys are always coming out with cool stuff, but yeah, or it's like, you know, this is the kind of thing that, to be frank, is going to be like, the community will probably be divided about, and they'll be like, oh, it's over too powerful or too weak or whatever. And then, like, in a few months, they'll be like, oh, no, it like it works as intended and it's fine. <laughs> we just can't That's wrap all our mind
2: around. always the best when you have two posts on Facebook with one saying OP and right under it, the other one saying that it's too weak. And then, you know, you did your job right.
3: <laughs> my uh, One of my favorite things I've seen recently was a a post talking about the unsullied swordmasters and going, Can you believe this is a nine point unit? And then proceeding to see two people uh post yeah they're under costed and then another one going yeah they're way over costed and they proceeded to have a have a conversation around each other not realizing that the they were making they were trying to argue opposite points
0: but yeah, and it turns out like any nine point unit played poorly feels not so great. And, and uh, you know, a unit played well can be, you know, very, very powerful. And man, the condition token resistance, even just in its own is is so great with them. I mean, and the two plus the hit and the high dice pool. And the <laughs> I think I think that's amazing. It's fun thing is like, so, so do you guys have to sit down and like figure out like how the point? I mean, you obviously do. Um, when you're building your units how often do you have to sit down and like make lists with the point values just so it like works out like do you ever get in a spot where you're like hey this doesn't work because like this is nine points this unit is six points and like it somehow doesn't quite add up in enough ways to equal 40
3: well so that comes from again designing factions uh at the same time, you know, not just individual units. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can sit there and go like, okay, well, if someone wants to run, you know, three units of Unsullied Swordmasters, they can. That's going to be, you know, a grand total of 36 points. So I hope they enjoy their one NCU option unless they're (laughs) running an NCU commander. So, you know, these are factored in. Versus, you know, dropping a unit by a single point, that same list now has access to two NCUs, and now Mm -hmm. things have changed up. So that's how much those little micro point balances and changes can, you know, have cascading impacts
0: Jeez, that actually sounds like a nightmare i actually I, I that's the part i love that you guys create this stuff and then you balance it but the actual balancing of it like that's got to be such a nightmare i envisioning like um you guys are you know fabio's got his walls with like you know red string connecting the things and like
1: yeah
2: <laughs> it looks a little bit more like a dungeon you know with the torture machines on the prayers sure yeah <laughs>
0: tmi 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 um but yeah people are gonna be so excited for this obviously you know release dates things like that we can't do um i don't know if uh, michael you're still you're still in oh canada
3: oh yes i am absolutely stuck up here for the foreseeable future well not that i actually dislike vancouver here or anything i mean I spent a third of my year up here anyway. It's just that now I don't have the option to leave even if I wanted to.
0: I, I don't mind staying inside my house and making videos and talking on the podcast. But when I'm told, like, no, you have to now. Now I'm like, well, now I want, now I want to go outside. <laughs> what yeah, else that's, a
3: general, like, that's a general life thing. When you're told you can't do something, then obviously you want to do that thing more than ever.
0: Exactly. It's like I never want to
3: leave my house usually, you know, and I stay in there most of the time, you know, working on things. But yet you tell me I can't. and All of a sudden it's like, you know, I really feel like going out and like biking for 20 miles today.
0: Madman, Is that when you have your is that do you have a certain like get into to like generate ideas? Is it like I go for a bike ride and I drink like a kale, I pound down a kale smoothie. And then like I have visions of like Belois, the veteran pit fighter that. Chase, did you
3: just threaten me? Because it sounded like you just threatened me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) but i am i'm going to
3: answer that question with um potentially but it's nothing you really want me to talk about
0: okay oh gosh okay and i know you guys are you're working on some other creative processes together right you guys are working on the both of you on the uh the bloodborne game is that something we can talk about or no Oh yeah. yeah, so that one's that. like
3: that one's actually like wrapping up. Uh, Fabio is one of the developers on that, along with Leo Almeida, um, who's the yes. lead developer on that. Shout um, out to Leo. Have... Yep, shout out to Leo, um, our resident Hearthstone uh, professional player as well. Oh, he's big in Brazil. <laughs> 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 but yeah, we've got a a bunch of like you know because again, song is not our only thing. You know, we have still all the board games and everything that we work on, which um, has various levels of interactions depending on who's assigned to what project. But we definitely have some more, uh, some more exciting things for both of us uh, together and independently that you guys will know of at some point in the future. Future's scary.
0: It's always cool that you guys are working on so many projects and that, um, you know, the stuff you're putting out for Song of Wise and Fire is awesome. And I'm sure Bloodborne is going to be amazing as well. So that'll be something just for everyone to keep on your radar um, well, guys, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. The, the Targaryen stuff looks phenomenal. Uh, it has probably lured me into another faction. And when I say another, I think I have all the factions. But Targaryens might be another one that I really, I really invest in uh, besides my free folk here. Um, love the what's coming out for them and how it looks like they're developing. So thanks so much for coming on. And uh, yeah, stay safe, guys
2: yeah definitely you too
0: (laughs) and in the meantime i hope you get your miniatures on the table oh wait wait now they've left but they never showed us how to get out of here and i think actually there's been some more stuff that's been revealed we're gonna have to follow up on this episode with more house targaryen discussion on our next episode of on the table gaming thanks for listening everybody special shout out to our patreon supporters Thanks for making this possible. We have a lot of fun and uh, we really appreciate your support. As I said earlier, I hope everyone's being safe and, and that you're getting your miniatures on the table.